Time now for sports on 104.7 The Cave. Here's Ned Reynolds. Mike, the intern, Ned Reynolds in the studio, halfway point of the week, and we start off our morning conversation discussing a rule change in the NCAA. What do you think about it? The NCAA in the previous circumstances, because this is a court-issued deal, has no control over nil. That's the name, image, and likeness payments that athletes get, and it's really, in all honesty, out of control. That's governed by the states. That's the, the court ruling. Well, the NCAA, which is the member colleges themselves, and there are more than oh, 1,400 colleges that belong to the National Collegiate Athletic Association, have gotten together and says, we've got to have some control over this. So the NCAA issued a ruling, and they put up a plan, and said, here are our rules concerning the nil. And they issued them, and it's <laughs> several of the states involved said, oh, wait a minute, this is totally opposite what we're allowing here. Therefore, this is all going to court. It's going to yep. be decided somewhere along the line. But in all honesty, and looking at it from a lay standpoint, I'm a layman here in this case, it's never happened before, it's out of control. I mean, you have athletes who are getting $500,000, $600,000 for advertising, and they're college athletes? Come on, that isn't fair. But the fact of the matter remains, I think it'll be, it's not going to happen right away, but it will be adjudicated somewhere in the courts, and it may be several years down the line. There definitely has to be kind of a balance or a correction, I think. Uh, I, I get that some of these kids, they definitely deserve to make some money, especially when you look at, you know, kids eating ramen and their and, and their schools are making millions and millions of dollars. There needs to be a balance there. Totally get that. But I think in this case, it was an overcorrection and they need to come back just a little bit because that's not the way it should work either. So it's, it's going to be a while before I think they can make this work for everyone involved. And yes... That's going to involve some lawyers. All right. A couple weeks ago, season ticket holders got the opportunity to buy tickets to go see the Chiefs play in Germany. They went through, you know, there's like a multitude of things, how long you've had the season tickets, how much you spend on them a year, et cetera, et cetera. They go through that. This week, it became available for the general public. I saw from a lot of my friends in forums them trying to get tickets. Some were successful. But others were not successful. <laughs> Very few were. Yeah. The stadium sold out in 15 minutes, folks, and that is not an exaggeration. 15 minutes. The stadium, which is the Deutsch something, uh, Deutsch Bank something stadium in Frankfurt, Germany, seats about 51,000. So these tickets, and red-hot tickets because it's the Chiefs and the Miami Dolphins in November, went in 15 minutes. Okay, does that mean you're shut out? No, it doesn't. The, t- <laughs> the tickets when you made your order, went anywhere from $60 to $250, which is not overly expensive. Okay, they're gone. Now, those tickets, many of them will go on resale on Ticketmaster because this this is groups who buy these, and they're buying it for the extra profit they're going to make. The Ticketmaster sales will start on July the 12th. And I imagine the interest will be very heavy, but so will the price, folks. It's going to go up big time. However, I fully expect those tickets, those, which are the same tickets, they will be gone, I think, post-haste, uh, but for a whole lot more money. 
It was funny to watch uh, some of these guys trying to get the tickets and posting pictures of where they were in line in the queue online yesterday. Like, you know, 9,000, 10,000 people in front of them. It was like trying to buy Taylor Swift tickets all over again. But I will say this. If you do want to go to Germany, there are ways to do it. There are travel companies, I believe, that have partnered up with the Chiefs. And you have to buy the whole thing, though. The airfare, the hotel, all that stuff. And it will cost you a lot of money. But... It's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Who knows when the Chiefs are going to play the Dolphins in Germany again. <laughs> All right, last but not least, final college baseball rankings for the year after the Tigers won it all. Obviously, they've got to be number one, right? They are number one. They were number one at the start of the season, and they are number one at the end of the season. They weren't in between. But since LSU did win the national championship, they get the honor of being the number one team in the country. So where were the others? Well, Florida's runner-up, so they are number two. Oral Roberts from Tulsa, who Missouri State plays twice and split with this year, is ranked eighth in America. That's pretty good. Arkansas Razorbacks, a national power. Bears beat them up here in Springfield. Now, again, your starting pitchers in midweek games when you're in conference season are not your best, but that doesn't matter. You're on the team, and the Bears whipped Arkansas pretty good. Arkansas ends up 11th in America. And Indiana State, which was the Missouri Valley Conference champion and did well in the postseason, finishes in 14th, nationally ranked 14th. There were 25 teams that got ranked. Missouri State, not one of them in the top 50, really felt that they should have at least had some recognition because they're pretty good, and I think they will be again next year. But for the time being, LSU, number one in America. So, Cardinals back at home against uh, one of the better teams in baseball. How'd they look? They are the better team in baseball, the Houston Astros, and they're the reigning World Series champions. But, Mike, they aren't playing very well at all. They're in a collective team slump. And as a matter of fact, they managed only seven hits last night against the Cardinals pitcher Jordan Montgomery, who looked really sharp. This is interesting because Montgomery had not won a game in the month of May, nor in June. And yet he came out and he threw very well last night. He limited Houston. Houston had a 2-0 lead in this game, and the Cardinals came back, as you knew the Cardinals' offense would, and then really didn't get a thing after that. Montgomery shut him down, Montgomery and the host of receivers. So final score is the Cardinals 4 and the Astros 2, so the Cardinals are now 12 games under 500 at 33-45, and 45, three games away from the halfway point, and that's where you really make the decision at the halfway point. Two more games against the Astros, three against the Yankees, and then a road trip before the All-Star break. So, I just, I thought something was going to happen after that London trip. They were going to make a move. We still waiting on that move, or are they just well, holding? Well, I think the fact that remains that had that not been a split, had the Cardinals not won one game, they may have. But then, and again, you have to remember, making moves is, is kind of a euphemism. You have to have somebody who other teams want, and the Cardinals do. They have Jack Flaherty, and the Arizona Diamondbacks want him. But where do you draw the line? What are they willing to offer? And uh, Flaherty has to really, in my opinion, be dealt now because he's a free agent at the end of this season. And if he declares free agency, then the Cardinals only get some league compensation like money or a draft choice or something like that so he has to be traded now if they're going to get rid of him. Yeah and you know what uh, sometimes just to make a move for the sake of making the move isn't the right call so we'll see what happens uh, what about the Royals? Did they have any luck? This was No they had no luck at all in this one. this was just an awful game for them they lose the game to the Cleveland Guardians 2-1. to one. How did they lose it? 
Well, the Royals had, for the game, two hits. That's all they had. But Kansas City scored in the last of the eighth inning and took a one to nothing lead into the ninth. Cleveland scored two runs in their half of the ninth inning and win the game 2-1. to one. What a tough way to lose. And that's typical of Kansas City's season this year. They just simply are not good enough to be getting the breaks. The good teams get the breaks. That's the key right here. They, they not only make their own breaks, but they're on the receiving end of breaks as well. It's just the way the rhythm of baseball. And the Royals are just simply not there. They're just not playing good enough to do that. Everyone remembers... The dream team, in 1992, right? <laughs> I was a kid. I I I had several dream dream team cards, posters, jerseys, everything. That's, in my opinion, was probably one of the best periods of basketball overall. And we celebrate that anniversary 31 years ago today. Yeah, 31. This is interesting too because that was the first year, the first Olympics that was open to professional athletes. Now everybody knew that the European athletes who were competing were professionals prior to that, but you could never prove it. Well, this time the Olympic Committee said it's open to everybody, and that includes American pros. Wait a minute, does that include basketball? You bet your life it does. So the dream team was formed, and. Boy, who was on that team? How about Michael Jordan and Larry Bird and Charles Barkley and David Robinson and Carl Malone? Hey, come on. Nobody's going to beat this team. And they didn't. (laughs) Here's the deal. Uh, Because it was fairly new with pro athletes, there was a, a qualifying tournament called the Tournament of the Americas, and that involved all southern nations and so forth who thought they could compete. It was held in Portland, Oregon. First three teams out of that got to the Olympic Games. Well, this was the USA's first game. They played Cuba, 136 to 57. The final score. You knew it wasn't going to be close, and it never was close. And no, none of the games, none of the games in the qualifying tournament, nor the Olympics, was close. You knew it wouldn't be. Nobody's going to beat this team. It's an NBA All-Star team, and maybe the best team in in the world. The only team, the only team to score more than 100 points in every game in the Olympics is the USA. And they did it that year. They were 100 or more. Closest game they had was the gold medal game. They played Croatia. Croatia had several NBA players on their team. 117 to 85. That was as close as anybody got. That was the dream team. And the dream team, well, of course, the USA teams have been dominant in basketball with the NBA people. We're going to find out how dominant they are in the next couple of months because the FIBA World Cup is coming up. Now, this is not the Olympics, but it is an Olympic qualifier. It's being held in Manila. All of the teams are getting their best players, although the kid from France, who's the number one draft choice, he's not, he's not playing. playing. Uh-uh. That's because he wants to concentrate on the Olympics. I- I'm sorry, on the San Antonio Spurs and will play in the Olympics next year. The USA team hasn't been announced yet, but I'm interested to see how many of the pros play. Yeah, now that we're past the whole pandemic and all that stuff, that made things a little bit confusing uh, when that was going down. But, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see who signs up for this one going forward. Ned, you have a wonderful Wednesday, and I will see you tomorrow.